everybody. Welcome to episode 62 of Track Wrestling's Wing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mirkatani. I'm Andy Hamilton, coming to you from Cedar Falls, Iowa, joined by the Santa Claus of the Track Wrestling <laughs> Rankings, David Mirkatani. David, how's everything going this week? Everything's good. Merry belated Christmas to you and yours, Andy. Likewise, and to all of you listening to weighing in, our devoted listeners, we want to wish you happy holidays, hope you had a Merry Christmas, and hope 2017 has been great to you. This is our last show of 2017. We've got a ton to look forward to in the final week of this year, as well as what's to come the rest of the college and high school wrestling season. A couple of huge Events on track wrestling this week, South Beach Duels. I'm getting ready to fly to Fort Lauderdale Nice uh, to cover those. We've got some big-time matchups down there. We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about the clash up in Rochester, Minnesota, some of the top high school teams in the Midwest are going to be tangling up there. we got Midlands. we got Southern Scuffle. We have rankings to get into. We've been talking for weeks about our all-underrated team. We're going to finally get to that. But first of all, David, want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, our friends from Resolite. This podcast is sponsored by Resolite Sports Products, your one source for both classic and lightweight mats. From Resolite Zip Mat, the first and only tape-free mat to offer a waterproof interlocking connection system. To Resolite's exclusive DigiPrint mat, the only fully customizable mat featuring unlimited graphics that brings unrivaled school branding to your new lightweight mat. Visit Resolite.com for all your wrestling mat needs. Resolite, the mat company. Well, David, for a light week on the college schedule, we sure had a lot of change yeah. in the college wrestling rankings this week. Yeah, your Santa Claus analogy probably isn't uh, being thought that way in Stillwater. Um, I'm I'm probably not very, uh, very happily received down there right now, even if I do have friends there. It was a rough week for those guys. Let's take a look. One through 10, Ohio State number one at 133 projected NCAA advancement and placement points. That's a season high point total for the Buckeyes. Number two, Penn State, 113 and a half. Number three, Missouri. 60 and a half. Number four, North Carolina State, 60. Number five, Oklahoma State drops from three down to five, all the way down to 59 and a half projected points. Number six, Michigan, 59. Number seven, Lehigh, 52 and a half. Number eight, Iowa, 46. Number nine, Rutgers, 42 and a half. Number 10, Arizona State, 40 and a half. David, I don't know that we've ever had this much. Uh, this many teams in the top ten stacked up that close. Yeah. From four through, certainly four through six, or three through six, uh, separated by one and a half points. That's pretty interesting. It is. And, I mean, obviously I spent yesterday with my parents, and I told them the brilliance of my statement the week before on, on this, on weighing in, where I said I felt like Oklahoma State was on their tier, their own tier at number three. And, you know, clearly I jinxed the hell out of them doing that. So, um it still feels like they're the third best team. I think, you know, Coach Smith and 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 Esposito and Perry and all those guys. Yeah, you know, that's a really hard trip. The week right after finals, 
to go to northern Colorado on Friday, to go to Wyoming on Sunday, and, you know, two weigh-ins on the road and then 7,000 feet of altitude. Um, I, I'm sure you've been in altitude, and it, it affects everybody differently, but a couple years ago at Christmas, I went to Colorado, and I swear, it felt like somebody was standing on my chest. Like, it, it hurt to walk down and get breakfast. So, um, you know, I watched a couple of the matches, and the Wyoming guys, you know, they earned all the wins. It's not like that. And I actually spoke to Ethan Kyle that night. Um, we were joking I should have had him on the next week instead of the week before. But um, I don't know that we learned that much about Oklahoma State, like that, you know, that they're worse than they were a, a week ago. I just think they had a bad day, and I think the circumstances are very, very explainable, if that, if that makes any sense. You know, it's wild. In a week from now, we could see uh, – it'll be interesting to see who's number three a week from now. You know, when you factor in the Midlands and, you know, you get some information from the scuffle. Uh, Iowa sitting there at 46 points at number eight. If you can put Pat Downey or Spencer Lee or both uh, somewhere or both into those rankings, the Hawkeyes could shoot right up to number three. You could see Lehigh there. You could see Michigan there. Uh, Any of the teams, three through six, uh, could could wind up there. I don't think we're going to see any turnover at the top, but – you know, potentially, you know, Penn State, uh, you know, it's going to take a, a big effort from them. They're going to need some uh, people to scuffle to really overperform uh, to catch Ohio State because Ohio State's not going to lose ground. Well, you know, Buckeyes, as we mentioned a week ago, they're not competing uh, at a holiday tournament. Uh, you know, we discussed that last week and Tom Ryan's philosophy on that. Right. So you can't expect Ohio State to really lose a whole lot of ground. They're not going to fall back. They can't. We're not going to punish those guys for inactivity. You yeah. Know, unless only somebody... way it would be if, like, they said Thomas L was not wrestling. You know, that would be a gigantic one if that happened. Or if, you know, let, let's say somebody that's, uh, you know, behind Pletcher jumps up and, you know, knocks somebody off up up above him. Could, could somebody up there, could somebody behind somebody hurdle someone that changes something for Ohio State? That's possible. Uh, but uh, certainly it's going to be hard for Ohio State to lose a lot of ground. So on the team front, don't expect a whole lot of change one and two, but uh, three through ten will certainly – actually three through about uh, – you go down about 15. will be interesting to see what that looks like a week from now because this is the week that uh, things get jumbled up the most between now and uh, week eight and week nine in our rankings. So. And it's, it is unique this year. I mean, you know, I've only done rankings with you for two years, but last year the next set of rankings incorporated data from both Midlands and Scuffle, and this year because the way the dates fall, um, we'll be doing rankings on New Year's Day to get them out by Tuesday morning, and so we're not going to include Scuffle data at all. It will only include Midlands and South Beach Duels data. So it'll be kind of a two-part snow globe shake you know so um that that'll be really interesting how it turns out for sure well david i'm going to turn it over to you let's uh break down 25 through heavyweight what you felt was interesting from your rankings this week okay 25 um not really a lot of change uh ronnie bresser had you know finally wrestled and um you know wrestled at Reno and, and didn't wrestle great, so he dropped from 8 to 14. All those other guys slid up. 
and then uh, Michael Russo lost, so he dropped from 20 to 25, and then uh, Michael McGee lost to Brock Hudkins. So we went to body of work there, and, and it was it became Barlow, then Brock, then Michael McGee, and then Moisey Macri Russo. So that was really it for the bottom half of 25. 33 was a really hard decision. Cade Brock lost to Montori Bridges 11-10. He's lost on two six-point moves. Um, yeah, I don't want to discredit Montori Bridges or Scotty Parker in either way, but especially in the Scotty Parker match at the end, it just felt like a little more mat awareness, and he would have won that match. Um, and the guy that helped me with this literally on Christmas Eve, we probably spent an hour and a half on the rankings and 20 minutes arguing about whether Cade Brock should go below Josh Terrell or not, and I chose to leave him above him. Um, and it was, I think it really came down to Cade Brock is 1-2 and two versus the top 25, Terrell is 2-3, and three, and... I, 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 this is not one of those ones where you go, this is definitely right. Um, it's, it's definitely arguable. So three, four, five this week were four, three, five, lap, three and four flip-flopped, essentially. Pletcher moved up. And you mentioned Pletcher. I don't know who could jump above him because he's undefeated. And he's beaten. That was just, an, yeah, that was yeah. just one no, example right. of no, something, of you course. know, scenario. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, I mean, he's, his body of work specifically is pretty, right. s- pretty salty. Um, Montori Bridges jumped from 19 to 16, um, and then Ben Thornton and Ian Parker came in, and Allie Nazer and Brian Lantry came out. So um, that was really it there at 41. Okay, so 41, to me this is really simple, and you and I have spoken about this on air and off air. Try to do rankings like a seating meeting. Somebody really smart said, well, then, how do you have um, Tomasello number one? And that's actually a pretty easy answer. If I'm coaching Ohio State and Tomasello is wrestling the first tournament of the year, I go, he's 0-0, zero zero, guys. Where do you want to seat him? Every smart coach is going to want to seat him where he belongs so that if they have the best guy, they don't draw him in the pigtail. The guys that have bums would want him to draw in because hopefully he'd get on the other side of the bracket. But to me, this is really simple. Yanni beat Meredith, Meredith beat Heil, and Meredith also beat Jack. So the only argument is really Heil versus Jack. Um, and Jack beat Ironman. You know, so Ironman's at fifth. That, I don't think anybody's arguing that. So um, Yanni's one, Meredith's two, Heil's three. It, it, uh, Yanni doesn't wrestle a top ten guy as of right now the rest of the year. Uh, Dean Heil wrestles Kevin Jack in Italy uh, beginning of January, right, Andy? Yep. So that that's a big match. Um, and Dean Heil should wrestle Bryce Meredith at the Big 12 Finals. So uh, going down further, so I mean just anybody that's making the argument that Bryce Meredith is the number one ranked guy, he's had an unbelievable couple weeks. But if Pat Papalizio, John Smith... Mark Branch and Rob Cole walked in, and Mark Branch, or uh, Rob Cole said, I'm putting up my guy for number one. Nobody would argue it. And unless you, you know, hit your head or never been in a seating meeting, this is not a hard call. This is how it is. It has nothing to do with the guys or the programs or who you like or anything else. It's bodies of work. The guy's undefeated, and he's beating the guy that's beating everybody else. So it's pretty simple. Uh 
Mike Longo or Tyler Smith moved up. He beat Zanetta. That's kind of a mess in there, kind of between Zanetta and Russell Rolfing. These guys all have sort of beat and lost to each other. So that kind of round of 16 to 24 is really, you you could shake that up and they could come out a few different spots. The good news is team point-wise, it doesn't really make a, like a half a point difference. So it's good for them. Um, 49, so Gio Martinez lost. And I looked at Gio's body of work and Bulu Wallen's body of work. And Bulu Wallen's got the better body of work. And he's beaten Gio head-to-head twice. So we ranked him instead of Gio. Bulu Wallen lost to Sertzis. Sertzis is the backup to Maruka. It made perfect sense that he would slide in right behind Maruka. But that helped uh, Northwestern because Deacon moved up from 9 to 8. And that's a big jump in team points from two to five and a half. That's really the only movement there. 57, no changes, 65. Okay, so Chandler Rogers lost, and he was six. So we dropped him to 10. I don't, he beat Wanzek, so the worst he could have dropped was 11. Um, I've still got Richie Lewis at 57, and that might be wrong. And I, I guess I have Richie Lewis at 57 because I think that's where he needs to go to place as high as possible. But that certainly doesn't mean that's where he'll end up. So if Richie Lewis comes into this, he's going to come in at 12 at the highest because he's got to come in behind Marinelli. Um, that was really the only change there. Oh, Ashworth. It was kind of weird. Ashworth won, but he's got this really weird loss against Carson from Eastern Michigan. And nobody above him has any bad losses, like John J. Chavez, Valencia, uh, Wanzek. I mean, Valencia lost to Fogarty, but Fogarty's at 19, so it's still not really an awful loss. 74. Um, let's see. No changes. 84. 84-97 is weird. I mean, you kind of taught me to follow. 84 is no change. Um, it'd be really interesting to see Downey's wrestling 97 at Midlands. I saw that on Twitter. I don't know what that means. Like if he's, you know, I don't know how this even works if he's certified yet because, and you can maybe help me with this. My understanding is in undergraduate, if you were ineligible like a Bulu Wallen, as soon as you pass your classes and the grades get turned into the registrar, you're eligible. That's how it was in junior college, and I think that's how it is in Division One. My understanding of graduate school is even if you get accepted into the graduate school, you're not eligible to compete till the first day of graduate school. It, do you understand that the same way? I don't know. That's in the, yeah, that's something that's interesting. I, I am not 100% certain on that. Okay, so that's what I've heard or read talking to some guys. So if that's the case, we can't technically rank him until probably January 15th-ish, give or take. Actually, probably the 16th because... Or something like that, right? The day after Martin Luther King Day. So you had mentioned this last week and that Jacob Holschlag's loss to Dan Shade um, wasn't reflected in the rankings because it came out the night that we do our rankings. So he just dropped down below Shade. When we looked at his body of work, um, he didn't really have anything to keep himself above the other guys. And then at heavyweight, um, not... We took out 
we took out one guy and moved Stencil in because he's kind of had a better body of work. So, but oh, we took out Deuce Rochelle from Illinois. So, I mean, that was like a guy from 23 dropping down. So really, you know, basically this was just a, a week of Oklahoma State not performing to their seeds or ranks, whatever you want to call it, and then them falling back. And when they fall back, certain guys benefited. And that's why those team rankings, three through six specifically, really tightened up. Yep. Anything else on the rankings this week, David? No. Um, like we said, you know, the next two weeks, along with Cliff Keen, are always the three sort of globe shakers, snow globe shakers, where you get a lot, a lot of uh, changes in the rankings. Well, this portion of the podcast is sponsored by Resolite Sports Products, your one source for both classic and lightweight mats from Resolite Zip Mat, the first and only tape-free mat to offer a waterproof interlock, interlocking connection system to Resolite's digi, exclusive DigiPrint mat, the only fully customizable mat featuring unlimited graphics that brings unrivaled school branding to your new lightweight mat. Visit Resolite.com for all your mat needs. Resolite, the mat company. Well, David, as I mentioned at the top, getting ready to leave uh, to head south down to Fort Lauderdale, about 80 degrees difference in temperature. Really looking forward to some sunshine and some <laughs> top-notch wrestling down there. Yeah. Hopefully going to check out uh, the digs that uh, Rob Cole and the Cornell <laughs> Big Red. That was my question I was going to ask. Set up. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be gonna doing a little preview program? coverage. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a little preview coverage here and. Uh, on the 27th and 28th, uh, before wrestling gets started on the 29th and 30th. But some interesting matchups going to be coming your way down there. Uh, you know, we talked about 141 and the guys up top there. Certainly, uh, big matchups coming up for Yanni. Yanni Diakmahalis going to be wrestling Mike Thorne down there. Uh, also, potential for a Jaden Ironman uh, bout with Yanni. Yeah. So that's that's pretty interesting. Um, also, uh, John Ernesty, Mitch McKee, got a Willie Miklas, Ben Darmstadt. Uh, Troy Heilman's got some tough matchups in there. Uh, potentially uh, wrestling Grant Leaf, Steve Blyes, uh, Nick Wanzek, John J. Chavez. There's just to name a few. Yeah. So it's gonna be fun to see what that event uh, looks like. I know you know talking to Coleman Scott. Uh, you know, a week ago when he was here in town in Cedar Falls for the duel with Northern Iowa, you know, we got a chance to interview him. The interview's up on track wrestling. Uh, but uh, Coleman talked about how just being a new coach, wanting to try something new. I think that's uh, kind of the uh, sentiment for a lot of people in this. I know, you know, Rob Cole and, and Brian Smith talked uh, months ago about how they had uh, wrestled down in Florida uh, in their early years of coaching when they were they were together at Cornell. Right. Um, and they were kind of the guys that put this together. Brian Smith uh, grew up down in that area. Um, you know, then you got Roger Chandler at Michigan State, his father-in-law, uh, George Smith, the uh, legendary football coach at Fort Lauderdale Aquinas. Uh, so there's some connections there with Michigan State. Uh, then you throw in some other schools. Minnesota is going to be there. Uh, Missouri. Michigan State, North Carolina, Cornell, Ryder. So we're going to get a look at Chad Walsh. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what this event becomes in years to come because wrestling really doesn't have that uh, uh, deal like 
you, know, you see the holiday basketball tournaments in the Bahamas and Hawaii and places like that. And I think that that, that was kind of uh, the driving force behind us. Yeah, and you know, Minnesota had done that thing with Oklahoma a couple of years ago where they went to Hawaii. Yep. Hawaii, right. Um, I think as a wrestling fan, it kind of is a bummer because you'd kind of like to see all these teams at either Midlands or Scuffle and see a lot more matchups. But as a coach, I mean, I think I would like this. I'm looking at the schedule. All the matches are at 11-1 and one on Friday and 11-1 and one on Saturday. So, you know, I mean, you're out of there by 3 o'clock. You know, some guys got to knock some weight off. They can. If they can eat, they can. Uh, your your best guys and your worst guys all get four matches. And they're not getting sort of meat grinded, you know, like you go to a two-day tournament and you lose in the quarterfinals or the first round and you take third. You might wrestle, you know, seven, eight matches in two days. And then somebody else might go two and out, you know. And I think dual meets build a lot more team camaraderie than tournaments do just by the nature of how they're set up. So, I mean, there's there's some interesting things. You mentioned some of the matchups, but obviously there'll be some matchups of guys in the same gym that just don't wrestle each other, you know, just because their teams aren't dueling each other. So that'll, you know, that's interesting as well. You know, the kind of, you know, I wish we would have seen this kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yep. Yeah, one of the things uh, one of the things that's really appealing to the coaches down there is they talked about, uh, you know, just being able to, out there in the sunshine and, and Cornell like they're going to roll some mats out on that property I think where they're uh, where they're staying at least that was the plan yeah. uh, to roll some mats out and have some workouts outdoors uh, going to play some hoops and things like that as well I think uh, you know I'm talking to Brian Smith a while back I think one of the ideas he had was to stand down and train in there down there for a while uh, so, so it'll be interesting to see how each each program handles that but uh uh, you know, flipping the page to Midlands in the scuffle, David, uh, some big-time matchups are going to go down there. Where do you want to start to unpack those two tournaments? Let's just maybe just pick a couple matchups, like, you know, talk about the top guys and what might happen, and I guess we can start with Midlands since they're first. I mean, the top guys we have ranked are Suriano, Sean Russell, Rivera, Milhoff, you know, and then you get a little deeper, Gramaki, Piotrowski, Brock Hudkins. I think the real interesting thing is where will they seed Spencer Lee, and you certainly hope he's you know six or seven or ten, you know where he doesn't he's not on the Suriano side of the bracket. Um, Thirty three, it just feels like it's you know Seth Gross doesn't have any marquee matchups. Forty one, the highest guy we have ranked here is ten. Forty nine's a, a good weight like there's you know number two, three, seven, eight, nine, fifteen, and seventeen. In Sorensen, Oliver, Kaladzic, Deacon, Maruka, Delu- uh, Maruka, Deluca, and Xander Wick. So those are, you know, those are significant moving matches, especially for like a, a Kaladzic and a Maruka that they don't wrestle a lot of these guys the second half of the year. They could put themselves in really good positions, like if they were to make the finals or something. Uh, 57, Kemmer, Shields. I mean, that's a Franklin Regional High School match at rematch, right? So that would be awfully interesting. And it, it feels like that's where they would be. 65. And and then, again, this is, again, where will Richie Lewis be at 65 or 74? But 65's got Imar, Evan Wick, Marinelli, Anthony Valencia. So depending on Richie Lewis, that could be the semi-matchups, and those would be interesting. 74, Zahid doesn't have anybody in the top 11 besides him. 84, 
kind of a wide open weight. You got number seven, nine, ten, and fourteen there in Gravina, Ricky Robertson, Emery Parker, Jordan Ellingwood. Ninety-seven. This will be interesting, right? Because ninety-seven could technically have Cash Wilkie, Jacob Warner, and Pat Downey all in that weight class, right, Andy? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you know they generally try to separate those guys, um, and you know, you know, keep those guys where they're not bumping into each other. Besides those three guys, you got uh, Rodert, Corey Grigo, Matty Ace, and Hunter Ritter, and then heavyweight. Um, Tanner Hall, Yusuf Amida, Billy Miller, Sean Streck, uh, Gage Hutchison, Sam Stoll, Conan Jennings. I'm sure they'll have Stoll probably seated higher than, than I have him ranked. And hopefully he wrestles and, you know, can work his way into where he belongs to be. Jake Gunning is in here also and Matt Stencil. So, um, you know, that's Joey Gunther, a couple of these, Johnny Sebastian and some of these different weight classes, kind of some lower ranked guys. Uh, at Scuffle, 25, I think the really interesting thing is where will Dayton Fix be seated? I think Sean Fawes beat Louis Hayes, so maybe Fix is the two seed behind Darian Cruz. That would put him in the semis with, with Louis Hayes. Louis Hayes and or Schwarm and Cruz would be in the other semi, and Connor Schramm would, or semi rather, and Connor Schramm, Schwarm would be a quarter. Uh, 133, Scotty Parker, Jack Mueller, Austin DeSanto, Corey Keener are the ranked guys. You know, Keener, if he could win one of those matches, could get himself in the mix, and it, it feels like Penn State needs that. And then DeSanto, win or lose, is just going to go after you the whole time. 49, Albert, Karam, Rolfing are the only guys ranked. So Cortez and Nick Lee, if you're a Penn State fan, this is where these guys could make some ground up, and you've mentioned that's important that they get points from these first three weights. Um, 49 feels for all the world like it's going to be Zane versus Max Thompson in the final. Ronnie Perry and Krivis are the only other guys ranked. 57, Nolf, Feinsilver, Coleman Hammond, Ian Brown, Alex Klucker. Obviously, Nolf, huge favorite. 65, Vincenzo Joseph, Chance Marsteller. That would be a really interesting final. I, I don't think those guys wrestled in high school, did they, Andy? Do you know? I'm not 100% sure on that, no. Well, Marsteller, I think, was basically undefeated, so if he they did, he won. Yeah, Marsteller, I think he was bigger. Yeah. Marsteller's had a great year. Um, you know, if guys didn't start in certain spots, I mean, he just hasn't wrestled anybody ranked high, but this is certainly a chance for him to really make a huge statement. And he'd be a really hard guy to rank if he beats Vincenzo. Because I don't, I, I don't even know what I would do because, you know, I don't think you move him all the way to one from nine. So it, it would be really interesting to see. 74 is a great weight. You got Mark Hall, Taylor Lujan, Jordan Cutler, Jaden Bernstein, Keaton Subject, Will Shaney, and Forrest Privish. So that's a deep weight. And Cutler's already wrestled Mark Hall close this year. Uh, 84, Bo Nickel, Ryan Ryan Price, and then uh, Bryce Carr, Drew Foster, Michael Coleman, Dylan Gable, uh, Nickel and Price had a 3-2 match. 97 is interesting because I almost feel like this is going to be a wrestle-off because it's kind of like Iowa at Midlands. Penn State can enter Shakur Rashid, Matt McCutcheon, and Kassar here. And if it's Matt McCutcheon that were to win out, 
he would probably be in the top eight, which would, you know, I have Kassar at 10, so that'd be at least an extra three and a half points for them. You know, the other guys there are Scotty Boykin, Matt Williams, Jake Jacobson, or Chris Weiler, depending on who wrestles for them at uh, Lehigh, Nathan Traxler, or maybe both from Lehigh, and then Jacob Seeley and Jacob Holschlock. And then heavyweight's really good. They're Nick Nevels, Jacob Casper, Mike Hughes, Nathan Butler, Jordan Wood, Thomas Haynes. That's a pretty salty top six. So, And I guess I forgot to mention Joe Smith will be in the mix at 165 as well. So I would guess he's probably the two or three seed, and that would be interesting because he and Marcel were wrestled together for a year, right? Yep. So that, that's a pretty intriguing match too, I would think. Yeah. It's interesting, though. You you know, you take Oklahoma State out of the equation. You take North Carolina State out of the equation, starters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Nebraska Nebraska's not – in a holiday tournament this year and Ohio State's not in a holiday tournament and and then take the teams that that were in the Midlands and scuffle Missouri and and yeah that have gone to South Beach now we don't have like the you know you mentioned a few of them that are ultra deep highly talented brackets but uh it's it's watered it down a little bit no doubt no doubt and it's sad honestly like i get it like it's very interesting because I feel like I'm a coach that, you know, gets to work with you. So I look at things as a coach, and as a coach, you just don't care what anybody else thinks. But as a fan, you care. You know, as a journalist, you care, and you want to see all these matchups. But as for your team, it may not be the best thing. So um, we're going to miss a lot of matchups that we wanted to see that we would have seen in years past. But it's how the cookie crumbles, you know, so it'll be interesting. There'll still be some good matchups, but I also feel like there's a chance for a lot of these guys to really be able to make a big dent, some of these lower-ranked guys to make finals of big tournaments. And you can really use that as a confidence builder if you're a coach for one of these guys, too. I think one of the things that's interesting, and I I think you have to give the Southern Scuffle some credit for uh, the way that wrestling has uh, grown in that region of the country mm-hmm. in recent years. I mean, we've seen so much... Uh, so much more talent coming out of Georgia and Florida and just just that entire southeast region of the country. And and I think the Southern Scuffle deserves a little bit of credit for that, bringing um, more eyeballs on that region of the country, but also, you know, so many tremendous club coaches and high school programs. Uh, You know, we had a chance to see one of them, Lake Highland Prep, Mike Palazzo, at the Beast of the East. Uh, You can look at, uh, you know, there's plenty more examples of uh, coaches doing tremendous work in that region of the country. But uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, South Beach is going to put some eyeballs uh, on college wrestling in a state where, you know, they, they don't get to watch college wrestling down there. Yeah, and, it you know, we're, we're being selfish, or I'm being selfish by saying I want these matchups, but it is, it's very well taken what you're saying, that these guys do get credit, and, your interview with Palazzo from starting with such a small roster to where they are now is, I mean, if that's not a testament to working hard and believing and all those kind of things, I don't know what is. So, you know, especially if you're some of these Big Ten schools, it's kind of nice to just have four duels because, I mean, that dual meet schedule is a grinder. I mean, I was with Mark Manning last week, and, you know, 
I kind of ask him about, like, well, why aren't you guys going to Midlands this year? But basically, he's got a super young team, and it's uh, kind of makes sense for them to, you know, maybe just train over the holiday, maybe go home, just not get worn down. I mean, the mental – being mentally right at the right time is really important, you know? Yeah, and, and Nebraska, in their case, they're going to come back right out of the gate uh, the new year with uh, Illinois on January 5th, Maryland on January 7th. Uh, so then they, you know, they turn around and have two duels on the first week of the new year. So certainly, uh, you kind of see that uh, probably factoring into the, their thinking with the holiday, uh, you know, taking the holiday off. Right, I agree. But. Uh, yeah, the Big Ten schools, they uh, get no shortage of competition as it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, they don't need to go look for it, yeah. Well, David, anything else before we dive into our all-underrated teams? Um, real quick on the Midlands, and you know this, but maybe not everybody does. They don't keep score team score their traditional way, and that may really benefit a program like Arizona State where you can have two point scorers at one weight and none at another. So, like, if they want to use Sertsis and Maruka as an example at uh, 49, they can do that. If they want to go double up at 41, they can do that. And, you know, Iowa's pulled out some duels this year. You know, they pulled out a crazy one with Illinois, and they pulled out – they won all the one-pointers against Rutgers. Um, You know, I think Rutgers and Arizona State are definitely, you know, threats to win that tournament. So it'll be interesting to see if that point-scoring system – um, you know, changes it if you kind of said, well, what if they had to count one guy at each weight versus, you know, what what they actually do there. That'll be an interesting sort of side story to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, we've been talking about this since early in the season. We haven't got around to pulling the veil back, <laughs> unveiling our all underrated teams. We talked about this uh, several weeks back that we were going to go through our week one rankings and try to identify one guy at 10 weights and have a little contest throughout the year who can jump up the furthest in the the track wrestling rankings so this will be measured on the final track wrestling rankings of the season uh, which come out right before the ncaa championships right after the conference qualifiers and we're taking a swing at this so if you pick a guy who's outside the track wrestling rankings in week one and he jumps up and wins an NCAA tie or, or jumps up to number one in the rankings, the final rankings, you get 25 points. Uh, if somebody loses ground, then you get docked points. Uh, but, uh, David, let's start out at 125 pounds. So how are we going to do this? We alternate on, on we pick or you go? Yeah, we can do this. We can do this. Well, my pick at 125 pounds, I think Iowa is going to pull <laughs> Spencer Lee out. Yeah. I think they're going to use him at 125 pounds. So a little bit of a uh, risk-reward pick for me. Uh, but Spencer Lee, obviously unranked in the Week 1 track wrestling rankings. He's my pick at 125 pounds. Okay, so people probably don't know this, but we have a giant Google Doc where we keep everything. So I'm literally playing secretary as we're talking. But I also am taking Spencer Lee. I'm believing the hype. And the other thing is, if he wrestles... It almost, I mean, he feels like he's a surefire lock to place, and that's huge points in a contest like this. So um, so we both got him. So I go first at 33. Is that right? Yep, go ahead. I'm going to take 
uh, DeSanto at nine. Okay. So I feel like that's a that's a reasonable pick. Um, you know, and uh, I think he's a guy that you know he may not win it, but I think he'll wrestle well on the backside, and that's kind of you know where where he might beat some guys that he wouldn't have normally. Well, looking back, I had. Josh Tarrow at 17 in week one. I think that's a guy that can jump up and make a – I think he's, he's got staying power up where he is now. Okay. So you're going to take him. All right. And 141, Yanni Biakamahalis, unranked in week one. Looks like a pretty good pick now, doesn't it? Oh, we can go back and go back to the week one rankings? Week one, yeah, that's, that was oh, the plan in the beginning. Oh, okay. Well, then, all right, so I had DeSanto. So DeSanto was unranked in week one, too. So he's probably a pretty good pick at <laughs> yeah. where you have him. Okay. All right, so let me put this in here. All right, I got you. All right, I like it. Yeah, well, Yanni D is a no-brainer then, right? I mean, if yep. you got number one points for zero cost, you got to go with that for sure. So I uh, I feel like I'm copying you. I know there's going to be at least one more weight that I copy you at, um, depending on who goes first. So 49, if we look at the week one rankings, uh, let's see. I'm probably going to take – I'm going to take Troy Heilman because he wouldn't have been ranked. Okay. So I think we're, I'm swinging for the fences with this. All right. Well, I I have my team in place. I'm not doing it as we go oh, here. Okay. All right. So Who's I had up? Xander Wick at 22. All right. The Wick boys were good picks in hindsight. <laughs> and 157, I had Hayden Heidley at 20. <laughs> all right. I'm not gonna. That, that's a. I can't just steal that one. What What was Josh Terrell first week? You said 17. 17. Okay. All right. And then you have. Hayden Heidley at 57. and He was ranked 20th. Okay. All right. So let's see. 57. Um, I will take – I'm going to take – I'm going to go be a homer and take Clayton Ream. Okay. So he's a St. Louis guy. I'm going to take him. Um, he had a bad tournament last year. I think he's got that out of the way. So, 165, I, I got to take Evan Wick. He was 23rd week one. So, feels like kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, that's who I have as well. Okay. All right. Well, you know, great minds, right? 174, I had David Kocher of South Dakota State at 23rd. I like that pick. I will pick somebody different, but I like that pick. All right, so I will take – I'm going to take Joey Gunther. He was At 25, huh? Yeah. Or he was unranked. He was unranked. In week one. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. And then, so I have to go first at 84. So are we going to pick Downey at 84 or 97, Andy? Let's pick him wherever you want him, David. All right, I'm picking him at 84. <laughs> okay. It's your team. All right, I'm picking him at 84 then. And I've got P.D. Hawk as well. Okay. 
So I got Pat Downey unranked. Yeah. 184. Another too high much, upside pick. Too much pick value there. there. Yeah, for sure. Okay. 97. 197. Ben Darmstadt at 20 <laughs> of that, Cornell. I knew that was your guy. I knew that was your guy. All right. Um, I'm going to take. Boy, this is super risky. I'm going to take Kassar because he wasn't ranked, right? Yep. I don't even know if he'll start, but yep. But if he starts, it's a good pick. And Darmstadt was 20? Yep. Okay. And you got, and I go first at heavyweight, right? Yep. Okay. My I feel like my team is awfully Iowa heavy. I realize this. So um, I think I'm going with Sam Stoll at 24. All right. I have Sean Streck of Purdue, the freshman. Okay. Coming in week one at 25 in the rankings. All right. So we got – let me look at here and see how many of the same picks we got. So we both have Downey. We both, both have Spencer. And both we both have, have Yanni. And we both have Evan Wick. Yeah. And if I was a coward, we'd both have Darmstead. So, <laughs> so this will be fun. This will be fun. Um, yeah, this will, and it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, I'm going to point this out, David, for all our listeners, though. This is a little bit, like the, the playing field's tilted a little bit in your favor since you're the guy that actually does the rankings. If I was smart enough <laughs> to do that, figure that out, you're right. But the fact that you're smarter than me means that, that that's not really the case. But I will, I will buy the wings either way. How about that? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, like I said, last uh, podcast of the year for us, David, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Give me your two or three favorite stories of the twenty of 2017. Um, I think the USA winning – the senior world title as a team. Um, I, I think, I guess if I can count it all as one, just how well oh. Team USA did this summer at cadets, juniors, and seniors. Yeah. I think uh, Savion Severado making the finals. Like, I get goosebumps every time I talk about that just because I know him. And then I just, I don't know that this is a story, but I think just, being blessed to be able to interview so many amazing people this year. You know, I look at, the, you know, I keep a list of all the guys I've interviewed and, you know, like guys like Art Martori and, I mean, just, you know, Rich Bender and Bill Zadick, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but, I mean, just, you know, so many guys getting to do a video interview with John Smith and Zeke Jones and how smart he is and just all the different people that have brought so much value to the show, um, I, I, I feel truly, truly blessed to have gotten to spoke to all those guys. And uh, they were really great, and they didn't give a lot of canned answers. So that's, I guess that's not a highlight. But um, And I guess if there was a moment that I was there in person, it would be the last night of the World Team Trials in Lincoln, Nebraska. That was, yeah, it was phenomenal. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know a better, you know, my vocabulary needs to get better because I always just say awesome when I describe that night. and. When we were in Lincoln, um, we were talking to Manning about it, and he even said the same thing. Like, and you know that guy's been all around the world. So, yeah. What about you? What sticks out to you? Well, I mean, 
Yeah, obviously the summer was incredible. Uh, you know, the the men's freestyle team up in Finland wins its its first world title since I believe '84. Uh, you know, Maya Nelson wins a junior world women's freestyle title. Kamal Bay, uh, just an incredible tournament up there. Uh, that you know, just yeah, you know, Greco-Roman. You know, we saw a a tournament in Paris that that uh, was pretty hard to watch at times. Just not a lot happening. Kamal Bay going up and putting 61 points on the board on his way to winning a junior world title. That was phenomenal. Uh, Aaron Brooks, what a story that guy was in Athens. I mean, he goes from not making the the cadet world team to becoming a cadet world champion in a yes, matter of, yeah. what, like four months, three, four months. Um, didn't know he was going until, like, I, I think probably about a month and a half before the tournament and he ends up. Uh, becoming the world champion and in dominating fashion too. I mean, just uh, you know, a guy that his stock went through the roof in Athens. That was incredible. Um, uh, obviously, you know, it's stating the obvious here, but 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 Paris is something that I'm never going to forget. You know, with uh, your, your passport this year has to be a highlight, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was cool. it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, Snyder said July. The tournament comes down to Snyder and said July. It doesn't get any better than that. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, no doubt. You know, and then uh, you know, a little bit uh, more recent. Uh, Richie Lewis. We talked about him. You know yeah. what a story he was over in Poland, winning a U23 World Championships and a U23 World Title. Uh, how far down the list would you have to go if you were picking? You know, the only American U23 World Champion this year. How far would you have to go to get to Richie Lewis, a guy that yeah. is. Season, what looks to be his senior season at Rutgers, gets derailed by a shoulder injury. He ends up getting uh, getting to come back, compete this year. If you ask Scott Goodale, he said that uh, that tournament was basically to knock some competitive rust off after sitting out uh, almost 11 months and, uh, you know, makes the U23 team, goes on, wins the U23 world title. Uh, that was incredible. Obviously, the run that Penn State had in St. Louis. Yeah, uh, I, I missed historic. that. Historic. Yeah. Uh, you want to go back another couple weeks before that? Uh, off the radar a little bit. You know, most of our listeners uh, certainly know what's going on on the D1 front. We talk a lot about D1 wrestling. But uh, NAIA Championships, Grandview, 234.5 points. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, he was on yeah. the show. Yeah. Unbelievable what they did. Uh, so those are, I'm sure I'm forgetting some stuff, uh, but those are things that come to mind right away. Uh, if you want, you can certainly check out uh, what we have deemed are uh, 20 of our most memorable matches that occurred this year on TrackCast uh, events. We've been rolling out two a day for the final 10 days of 2017. I think the one that's up today as we're recording this, uh, Taha Akul three-time world champ against Gino Petrishvili. Uh, Petrishvili uh, knocked off Akul 10-9 in maybe the best heavyweight match that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's amazing. In Paris. Yeah. So. And Josh Saunders was on there yesterday, my, another St. Louis kid, so that was cool. Yeah. So. so I'm recording this, David, in my basement. My dog, Buster, he's out in the backyard. He's coming up the window looking in here, so we got uh, – a spectator out here, he's about to start barking any second. Yep. So, uh, 
Uh, one quick, just real quick story and a shout out. Aaron Brooks actually brought his own flag to the World Championships. Lee Pritz told me that. Wow. He, I mean, talk about calling the shot, right? Yeah, I was like, man, my my, my man had had plans. That was awfully cool. And then um, I know I speak, you know, for all of us at track when we want to just, you know, send our thoughts and prayers to Mike Darrow. Absolutely. You know, one of the really good guys of the sport. Um, he's touched so many people in so many ways and always been very kind to my family and me. And, um, you know, I, I had a brother that survived a car accident and it really, truly made me believe in the power of prayer. So uh, the thoughts and prayers uh, out to Mike DeRoe and God, God bless him in, in the struggle that he's going through right now. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. And uh, Mike uh, has always been super accommodating for me. Uh Taught me a lot about uh, wrestling on the international freestyle front. Uh, I've just been a great resource for me through the years, and, and certainly uh, he has been in my thoughts and prayers every day for uh, about the last two weeks when uh, yeah. I, I heard the news of his battle you know, with brain mentor, cancer. He's been a mentor to a lot of people. You know, what I mean? it's not absolutely. Like he's even been a mentor to, to you, and you know, kind of helping you understand some things so you could do the job you do. So. Absolutely. I know he's probably been inundated with um, calls and texts, but, you know, I hope he knows that we're all, you know, you and me and, and Justin and all the people at Tracker are, are praying for him. Along with thousands of others. Absolutely. Abso on that, for sure. So. Yeah. Well, David, anything else this week? No, sir. Um, we'll be doing the rankings on New Year's Day, trying to get them done before the second football game, but it'll be a lot to unpack, to use your phrase. We'll try to get some of the South Beach stuff done early and then wait for the results of Midland. So it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a lot to handle. Safe travels to Florida, and Happy New Year, man. Thank you. You too. What do we got coming up on Matt Chat? Um, this week we're still working on a couple things. Next week, um, I'm going to get Cody Bickley on in all likelihood unless there's a big breaking news story out of uh, Scuffler Midlands because there's going to be a new format for the World Team Trials, and uh, he's going to come on and talk about that. And I think it's going to be interesting with a slash of controversial. So okay. I wanted to let him come on and talk about it. Cody's always been very kind and been on the show. and. Um, just he's a super impressive dude you know so um but yeah it's uh it's all good stuff and you know the second semester i think people can expect to hear the the interviews that they would expect like you know from the top 10 teams in the country are probably going to try to get eight or nine of those assistant coaches on the next eight or nine weeks leading up to the conference tournaments well david thank you very much always my pleasure andy happy new year man Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all of our listeners, and thank you for joining us throughout 2017 on Weighing In, and we'll be back at the start of the new year. Thank you very much.